Welcome to the real study with your hosts, Mr. Snippets. Welcome back, Black Girl Marvel. They gave me that type of film, Mr. Marvelite. Not knowing anything about the film. All the movie things. I was locked in. The pre-review with Super Gummy Guru. Me preview. And me, the real study movie voice guy. Let's go to the poster wall. Good evening and welcome to The Real Study. I am Mr. Snippets. That's Mr. Marvelite over to my left. And of course, we have Black Girl Marvel below me here. Uh, And it looks like all the movie things uh, isn't here right now, but we are hoping that he will be. uh, And we'll we'll see if he shows up. Uh, Otherwise, we're going to move over to the chatting wall and we're going to get going on these movies. Uh, So tonight uh, we are doing, as you saw on the wall there, we're doing Dune. We are doing Hereditary. And we are doing The Conjuring. James wants The Conjuring. And um, I kind of want to wait on Dune in case all the movie things does show up, because I know that he has a lot to say about that. And I know you both have a lot to say about it, as do I. Oh, my goodness, yes. So why don't we just move right over into Hereditary, and then we'll go from there. Um, Conjuring, had you guys already seen it? Or was this your first viewing? So for me, I I had seen parts of it, but I'd never watched the whole thing. Okay. Lala? Uh, first viewing, I've never seen it before. I, it never, uh, uh, the trailer was never like, ooh, ooh, I should watch this. So I was just like, meh, no. I kind of felt the same way. So this was my first viewing of Hereditary as well. And it does star Tony Collette, uh, as well as another um, well-known actor. Was that, is it Gabe, not Gabriel Byrne? Is that Gabriel Byrne? It might be. That is Gabriel Byrne, her husband. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, I hadn't seen him in a long time, so that was great. Thank you, Justin, up for that. That was so awesome. Uh, we really appreciate all the bits and the support. Um, and we are excited about this one as well. Um, down a person, but we always trudge on uh, whatever we need to do. Uh, so, uh, so it's hereditary. Uh, it's a very interesting slow burn of a film that kind of uh, takes up where a family has just lost. Uh, their grandmother, so the main character's mother, and she's trying to deal with this grief. And um, there's some amount of kind of lore around their family, but it's kind of loose. I, I feel like the whole beginning was very loose. Like there wasn't enough to grab me. I don't know if you guys felt that way, but it it didn't give me enough to sink my teeth into until the big moment um, in the car. That's when the movie made me yeah. go, holy crap. Okay, yeah. that's the kind of movie we're watching. So yeah. um, I- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave it there. Uh, Lala, what, what was your initial impressions? Uh, initial impression was, boy, this moving slow. Get to the stuff that I want to see. That was my, because it was just a lot of like um, setting the stage for a character we didn't see. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't care too much about that character. Like, I'm sorry her mom died, but it was just kind of like, we didn't know anything about her. There was nothing for me. And then she was very detached from her mother. So like, it made me detached from her mother. So I didn't really care about the funeral. Um, there were bits and pieces where I was like, okay, this is interesting. Why does this man keep looking at this child like this? Uh, um, she said something like, all these unfamiliar faces I'm like, who are all these people at her mother's funeral that she don't know? Like, that kind of gave me a, a, a pause for a second. But I agree with you. It moved a little slow, and I was kind of losing uh, steam watching it. But mm-hmm. when it picked up, 
But when it picked up, boy, oh boy, it picked up. I was like, oh, oh okay. And it did. It, it picked up hard. Uh, Mr. Marvelite, what was your initial impression? So it was kind of interesting when I first watched the film, and I, I only I've only watched it once. I I saw bits and pieces. Not and of course what I saw of it was the slow parts. So it wasn't like anything was really spoiled with this viewing. Um, but what struck me was the actually the first probably ten minutes of the film. Um, the father is looking is trying to wake everybody up. It's a funeral. This it, it, of course it has that that zoom in from the miniature things, which I thought. You know, in a movie like that, I really thought the miniatures had more to play into the film. And then I was kind of sorely disappointed because I thought that was a very interesting, like, vehicle that they could have used to kind of tell a story. And I feel like now that there can't be a horror film where they've got a person building miniatures that, you know, it just it kind of ruined that for me. But <clears throat> regardless, um, one of the things that what that, that surprised me was the father is getting the kids up. The, the the little girl is obviously she's different and um the, the the father is you know trying to get her to get up and go out and and get dressed but the entire time this is happening the mother is just sitting in the car mm-hmm. and i was like something's up with mom yeah it sounds like the grandma's a problem like like i felt like maybe the grandma was like the crux of everything but the mother was really what struck me as um as, as different it, it wasn't even the fact that she wasn't in the car crying it was literally she was in the car and the father was having to do everything to take care of the kids to get them going to this funeral and and you know i, I and like i say people grieve differently but you still as a parent have to take care of your kids and i'm like okay what's going on with the, with the relationship with the kids and then of course you have that moment where the mother is passing the daughter off to the son to take her to the party which i'm like why would any, why would any like sixteen year old? Why would you send your thirteen year old daughter to, with a sixteen year old to a party? Mm-hmm. Not where not you're talking about an anti-social thirteen year old, right? Like we're talking about a person right. who genuinely just wants right. to do her own thing and build her own models and and be, be artistic. Where she wants to be her. Yeah, like yeah, I agree. I agree with that. I, I felt weird to me too. I was like, I was like, my mom wouldn't. Me and my brother are only two years apart. Like my, you know, my the closest brother. We're only two years apart. She would never force me to go anywhere with him. Like he wouldn't mind. Here's the thing: he wouldn't mind taking me, but I would be like, "No, thank you." You know what I mean? Like she wouldn't be like, "Take yeah. her." You I can't like go that unless part. you take her. Like that's yeah, I, that I liked weird. how the brother was like, "Does she even want to go?" Like he didn't say no. He said, "Does she want to go?" And I thought that was kind of a cool brother brother thing to do. That's not always in the movies. It's usually like, "No, mom, I don't want to." So I mean, you could see that in his face. But... <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, um, this is a spoiler show and everybody should know that by now. I'll put this up just for the sake of arguing. Is it even there? There it is. Um, but we're going to talk about the moment in the car, um, where it's completely circumstantial nothing there is anybody's fault. And even the cake incident where she eats the cake and starts having the anaphylactic shock where she throat's mm-hmm. swelling up. It's really hard to say that I could blame this kid at this point for anything that's happened up and to the exact point in which, and again, spoiler alert, uh, in which his sister is completely obliterated by the telephone pole. Um, at that moment, I start questioning this kid's like everything. I'm like, what are you, what are you doing? Why are you just sitting there? Like, it's one thing to gather your thoughts. You know, you just, you just did this. You just went through this traumatic event, but I start questioning him just like, what do you, why did you drive home? Why did you do nothing? 
You did nothing. Literally nothing. And I think the one of the most brutal screams I've heard in a movie was when Tony Collette finds the daughter's body. Oh my god. Yep. I well, listen, I, I'm a big fan of Tony Collette. I knew Tony Collette was gonna be a force to reckon with when she was a six when she was in, uh, was a six sense. When she was a six sense and it was a car scene. And he and he he told her about her mom and like I saw her and she told me this and she he was telling her stuff that only her mom would know and she was like freaking out. I was like, who is this person? Who is this actress? She's amazing. And anything I've seen Tony Collette in, she has blown my mind. And this is another mind blow. When she was in the bedroom just weeping, mm-hmm. I was like, oh. And as like as an actor myself, it was like I was watching a master class of like what I'm supposed to do. With you know what I mean? It was so good. Agreed. It was so, so good. Agreed. Agreed. As a parent, yeah. uh, Mr. Marvelite, you and I kind of have a more in, in a little bit more of a unique perspective. Um, thank you, thank you for uh, joining the chat, uh, New Age Misfits. Thank you very much. And uh, to to my question, uh, uh, and definitely thanks for joining us. Uh, as a parent, um, whenever I see kid-related stuff uh, in movies, it is a lot harder for me than it was before I was a parent. Uh, I think that's kind yeah. of a given. I think people get that. But this one especially so because, like, I would feel so much resentment towards my son for doing that and for being so neglectful. And I swear that movie never addresses it. She, they kind of do, though. They kind of do with the interview. They kind of do at the dinner table because he's like, he's like, he, he kind of confronts her. He's like, is there something on your mind? Like, is there something you want to say? Like, they kind of get into it. They don't hit it home where she's like, when she says like, in particular, but she says stuff to him like, we don't talk and we don't say anything. And like, and that, to me, that went into the fact that he literally came home and didn't say anything. And, but for me, I'm, I don't really blame him because if I killed my brother by mistake like a freak accident and I, I had a hand in it I don't know if if I wouldn't have done the same thing like he's a he's a kid he's only like 16 or something like he didn't that was a, a whole thing that like happened that he didn't know how to process because you see that he goes to sleep but he doesn't go to sleep he stays awake the entire night until the morning until everything happens like they, they talk about it. It's just not, I don't think it's like as clear as uh, maybe, maybe you would like it to be like a, like a full on. No, no. I, and I get that. I just know as, as a parent, if I lost one of my children, as much as I love my children, I think it would be very difficult for me not to continue to hold that resentment. Not get that. No, so not I think kind of period. Like it'd be hard. Character. So the, the Annie character, if you really consider it, uh, there's a couple things like you kind of get an idea of why um, Peter is the way he is in this film. And the fact that he's he's kind of the target because he's the weakest of the individuals in the house. And on top of being the weakest, it's like everything in this, this movie is to bring him down a peg. Uh, the death of his sister is his own hands. You've got um you know that resolution where she's talking to that that friend who is not a friend and she tells him that you know the mom would sleepwalk and she woke up one morning or she woke up during the sleepwalking where they're all covered in paint thinner and she's got 
you know, a match struck about to set fire to herself and, and the kid. The, the the fact that in her dream state, she's she admitted that she never wanted him and tried everything she could to miscarry. Um, and you have all of this this pent up resentment, um, you know, and and you you realize like this is just another thing in their in their in their fractured relationship. Mm-hmm. And and every single individual in this household are at the, are at the end of their thread in in the relationship. And Charlie mm-hmm. was probably the only one that was kind of the one where they all liked her, but they were dismissive of her. Mm-hmm. Um, the mom dismissed yep. her to the party. The brother dismissed her to go eat the cake. Um, you know, even in her death, you know, Charlie is 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 probably high to the point of where I'm sorry, uh, Peter is probably to the high to the point where. He doesn't believe that it's real, but also doesn't want to believe that it's real. Mm-hmm. And so you notice he never looks over at her. Nope. Um, he continues on and he gets in the car and or he gets out and goes up to his bed. And it's it's kind of that, that 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 idea of if I don't acknowledge it. And I know as a kid, I remember going through moments like that where I did something really stupid. And if I don't acknowledge it, if I don't look at it, maybe if I go to bed, I'll wake up and it was all a bad dream. Mm-hmm. No, and, and those feelings you have when you're when you know you've done wrong, you know, like you're pulling up on your 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 friend's house and your parents are there, and you're like, "Why are my parents here?" And like you you get that intense feeling, and I can see how that can overwhelm him in one of the most intense versions of that feeling because he would know the world was going to come down on him. I get that. I'm not saying that in my if I was him, I wouldn't do it. I just know that it would be. I don't know. It's a tricky one, but I yeah, I digress. Definitely, yeah. definitely get it. But I want to, I want to touch on the whole like eating that cake thing. I knew something was gonna happen to her because they didn't have a epipen at the funeral for her, which is to me dismissive of both parents and the siblings. If you know that this kid has a, a peanut allergy or, or a nut allergy, everybody should have an epipen on their person at all times. That's just what people do. And then to have your have your sister at a party that she obviously doesn't feel comfortable with and you're like yo the rose cake go eat some cake and not and not going to see if somebody put something in that cake that nut based or whatever is i mean i get it he's a kid he wanted to go have fun and he dismissed it but i felt like charlie was still of an age where like like she knew that she had an allergy like why wouldn't she check out to see if it like that part kind of caught me off guard because i know people who have allergies they're very meticulous they're very like like it I sounds ha- like I she's gone through it before. You know, it's just one of the, yeah, you know, it's like one of those things where I worked at a, a acting studio where we had candy and the little girl, she was no older than maybe seven or eight, walked up to the counter and was like, Does any of these have nuts in it? I have an allergy. I can't eat it. Like she was on top of it. So for the teen to not be on top of her own allergy, that part kinda of was like Okay. But even okay, uh, new, new age, age that's even a if good she point. was a, even if she was afraid to ask a question, right? Don't eat the cake. You don't know. Well, I, I actually thought at one moment that maybe the cake was spiked with, you know, the green stuff. You know, you never know. Yeah. I saw chocolate cake and I went chocolate. Oh, okay. Why are they? Mm. It's a party where he's already smoking. You know, uh, it just made sense to me. And then, of course, the allergy is the same thing. But I still, well, she could have had a bad reaction to that. Party. Right. And what party has a cake? Like, that's the other thing. What party like that has a cake? Yeah. 
unless it was like a birthday party and it wouldn't have just been sitting there and it wouldn't have been that little if it was for that many people. I know there were a lot of kind of the cakes weird. Uh, the cake is a lie. Uh, if you play video games. I think it was something to, I guess, get Charlie to die. It was a, it was a catalyst. Yeah, they had, to, they had to get her to die. Um, and I yeah. have to give them that's creative um, and realistic. I believed it because she was spazzing out and he like, you know, that's like the most like very rare circumstance, but I believed it. Um, and then I started having problems with this movie. Um, like, my I problem was like, 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 in this like movie were like, very nice. I enjoyed hold, it. Hold on. You both, you both, uh, Lala, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I, I'm just saying that some of the, some of the like uh, jump scares and like camera uh, placements, like where like, like you would have to pay attention. Like when the son walked into the living room and saw his, his charred father on the ground and Tony Collette's like up in the corner, like you would miss her if you didn't like really pay attention. Like I like things like that. Like they were very creative on like placement or where they put people or like shading over people that it made you think like, did I see something? No. Like, cause it was a couple of times where I like, I rewound the, the movie to be like, did I see what she saw? Like, wait a second. Like, no. Yeah. Like it was, it was, it, those are fun to me because in, in horror movies like this, sometimes like writers and they're not as creative as I would like them to be. And I'm, I don't get like a rush and I got a rush when I saw certain stuff. Like when she started running at him out of the corner, it was so good. I was like, that is so good. Cause you just didn't see it coming. So okay. I like, I like yeah. that. Part. I'll give you all of yeah, those. Go ahead. That Mr. one scene though in the attic though, like completely like pulled me out of the movie there. Like, like when, the, when the guy ran toward him and he jumped out the window, like I was like, okay, I'm checked out. Like it was, it was hard to kind of believe that at that point. But some of the jump scares were were definitely like you expected them, but then they almost played on the fact that we know you know they're coming, so let's go ahead and move it a little bit over. So you know that that kind of helped. It's hard if you've seen a lot of horror movies though that they have to get more creative with these jump scares. And I I just watched Halloween and Halloween Kills, and we're not going to go into those movies, but they they do the same thing with kills now. Like they feel like they need to amp it up to a point where it's ridiculous and, and over the top because that's what's been done before. And I'm like, he's Michael Myers. Just have him stab people. It's okay. Like that's okay. His, his thing's a knife. Was, I'm okay with that. I'm sorry. He was, he was ninja, Michael Myers. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we, we could do a whole segment on just Halloween movies, but we, you know, another time. Um, so for me, when she was pounding her head against the, the like entrance to the, uh, to the to the addict man that really I was like oh that's creepy that's very 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 creepy and I like that kind of stuff. Um, no, what was creepy? Was then how'd she get in the attic though? That bothered me. How'd she get into the attic? Yes. The people that were already up there opened the attic yeah. for her and got yeah. her locked yeah. before he walked away from the trap door. R- but then right. he walked away. Well, remember there were like four people, four five people over yeah. in the corner. They easily so, let her in. So, while he's looking around, you hear a, and then they're like the the thing goes up, and you 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 like you don't notice the trap door opening. Like th- that really that bothered me because I felt like they didn't explain that. I, you guys may say the door opened, but I don't think it did. All they had to do was kick it down. If one of them was up there, they just push it with their foot. It would open and let. Well, you would have heard that while he's turning around. Or, or it's a demon, and it can manifest whatever. Can it take a human body with it? I mean, like, I, I, I she was pretty much dead halfway through that. the decapitation, and I mean, that was a right, pretty loud decapitation. Not... I mean, <laughs> I don't know. If, uh, right. I don't... 
so, you heard it. Like you heard her, you heard her head snapping her bite ball when he was on the ground. I'm gonna. I'm going to put the spoilers thing back up again because I I want to talk about the actual ending right now. So if you've not seen this movie or you plan on watching it, this will absolutely spoil the end. Uh, So be prepared. Yes, Yes, the dog is... I'm going to tell you guys why this movie... Because, okay, Justin Up and I were talking about this the other night. I didn't give too much in the way of detail because I wanted to do it on the show. But I basically explained how I feel about the movie basically with a rating. And so it was... This movie, and I'm going to give my rating right now weirdly, but it's a 5 out of 10. If they had changed the ending, it would have been an 8 out of 10 for me. But the ending is... I was very disappointed. Um, And it sounds like all the movie things won't be making it tonight, but let's just keep him in our thoughts and and hope all goes well uh, for him. Um, So it will just be the three of us, but hey, there you go. Thanks for the first time chat. We really appreciate it. Um, Anyway, so the, the thing I hate is that they had to just spell it out when you just spell it all the way out for me i get really annoyed because i, I as a viewer i'm a i feel that my intelligence is higher than that and you should let me decide what truly the big bad is and in this movie they literally are like here his name is it's this satanic cult which every movie does now and i think that a better ending would have been had he walked up to the camera and instead of them having all that dialogue, just have it be murmuring and them still prostrating to him the whole deal, but then just have him smile because he didn't smile for almost the entire film. And so it would have been a really that. solid ending with him, just a smile cut to credits. I would have been like, holy crap, that's a masterpiece or at least close, you know, eight or nine, but it, it wasn't from my perspective. So that's, that's me. Uh, and I really wanted just enough to hear that specifically. So I don't normally do that, but there it is. I mean, I will say the ending threw me off a little bit because part of me, I didn't really care about like how it was ended with them like giving him reference and all that type of stuff. Like I didn't really uh, care about that. The part that got me was what I didn't understand was the lady, the lady that was like supposedly like the lady that lost her sons and all that kind of stuff. Like she called him Charlie at the end. So is it is it Paimon or is it Charlie? Or are they like one because that entity has been in Charlie probably since birth and has kind of like been like a form of Charlie this entire time? Because cause part of me is like, was it Charlie that clicked or was it Paimon that did the clicks, right? Okay. Because the answer this one. You do? You know, you know so yeah. it's, it's, so that was the part for me that was kind of like, off to me because it was just like cause the whole thing like the grandmother wished that Charlie was a boy but they housed Pyman in inside Charlie but then but then the, the you saw images of like the grandmother being married so that she marry her granddaughter which was like marrying Pyman like it was a whole thing that, like some things I just needed explained but the ending really confused me because she called him Charlie and I was like so is it Charlie's soul or is it I didn't know. So, mm-hmm. so if you go back, if you go back in the film, you find that the granddaughter Charlie um, was the one that was closest to the deceased grandmother. Mm-hmm. Um, she went with and did things with her, and at one point, um, the mom even says she gave her Charlie. Mm-hmm. So, in she a sense, the grandmother had possession over Charlie, and later on, um, I think in that end scene. They said, you know, we did not get your body right, and you know, or your body was this, I, I, it was wrong, or they said something specifically about referring to Charlie. Because if you notice, Charlie had like the deformed, the 
deformation and a little bit of, um, you know, awkward or whatever. And what they did was they they targeted uh, Peter at that point to weaken him so that the Ch Charlie, who was Pyman, could then possess his body. So they brought Charlie back, who was Pyman. That still sounds confusing, but okay. <laughs> it, it, it sounds confusing, but like the the. the so I'm assuming that I'm that this is what I'm this is kind of what I'm hearing like what I'm seeing in my head when you're talking is that when Charlie was born, they pretty much snuffed out the original Charlie soul and put Pyman in. So the whole time that like everybody loves Charlie and all that kind of stuff, she's been this demon. Well. You know, it's a demon. Hyman, this this god of this god of mischief the entire time she's been alive, which is why at the funeral the guy kinda like winked at her, was all happy to see her because he knows that it's actually Pyman, so it it's confusing. I don't Charlie Charlie a, was considered the chosen one. The bodies were preferred to be male. Um, but the concept was Charlie was that chosen individual and whether because the grandmother had them early off, her 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 soul was like intertwined with this, you know, king of the gate, one of the kings of the gates of hell, um, okay. and so you have this um, this this body that you know is just not is not working for for Pyman, and then um, because of it, you know, in the situation, mm -hmm. she ends up dying, and so you have you know the opportunity because it's it's very specific. Whereas um, when they did the seance at that woman's house, it was just under the chalkboard. Um, Charlie specifically um, was able to possess her mother, mm -hmm. and and if you go into movie like uh, demonism and like possessions and, and stuff like that, um, really people don't people that have passed do not possess people. It's always the demons that possess people. And demons so that possess case, people, right? And Charlie was the demon. Charlie was Pyman. So, so it kind of gets to that that thing. And, yeah. We just got a new subscription. I just wanted to say thank you so much for the new subscription, Matt. Uh, that was very awesome. Welcome to the Real Study, and uh, where we have our real students in the chat, and uh, you can uh, learn uh, about real movies. We're just going to use that to death, I think. Uh, okay. Um, we have to. We have to. We get real honest. We are real honest. Um, uh, really. Real, really, 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 we are. Really? Okay, guys, really? let's reel this in. We're getting a little bit off track. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, that being said, um, I think that we've covered uh, the film pretty well. Is there anything else you guys would like to talk about or anything else you can remember other than, man, that head was pretty grody. Um, yeah, pretty I, um... There were some things about this movie that I actually liked. I mean, I didn't not like the movie. I, I, I like the movie, but I I loved some of the new things, like when the son was being possessed at the at the school, like how his body froze and he was all like this thing. Like I I he like bashed his head like he was like Black Widow or something like that. Like I uh. <laughs> I do you always I, do the pose? Yes. Yeah. So um. But uh, there were like there were just aspects that I thoroughly enjoyed because they weren't like typical horror movie like trophy type things. Like it just looked fresher to me. Sure. Um, and and I and I like and I enjoy those. Again, I don't want a movie to 
spell things out for me, but I do want them to conclude things for me. Okay. You know, if you open a door, if you open a door, if you open a window, you have to close it eventually. Like so. You like it when the, you like it when the writers define things enough for you to have a solidified ending where you can say, okay, this makes sense right. as an ending. Okay. Right. You don't so mind if it's a little just mentioned. Yeah. New Age Mystics well, just said uh, the the actor he actually broke his nose when he slammed his face. In the oh desk. no! Oh, oh that's fun. I love it when they leave that in there, and I you know, thank you, yep. you know, to him for that, uh, and all the actors who have put themselves and stunt people. Let's give it out to all the stunt people, uh, and let's also while we're at it, since we're just you know we're running on wild, and it, it, Brian's not here to help us out with this, but Ayatsi figured their stuff out and that means everybody's going to start getting paid better and treated better and that's going to help yeah. us be able to support the films even more and thank you and that's awesome and i just wanted to put that out there uh so i, I, thought, we, I thought we decided that if, if brian wasn't here that i would be him oh i'm i'm sorry i'm, Ooh, I'm so sorry i i did I'm, i my bad dude i'm so sorry I almost wish we could start figuring out the Brady bunch. Well, thing I, I, I just, I actually like, you know? just, I actually figured out because I've got the stream watching. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah, no, you're over there. Yeah, exactly. And then Lala's right there. Right, right down so, here. Yeah, here, yeah. Uh, anyway, yes. Yeah, so, um, yeah, that's, you know, and I noticed you and I are both wearing red. And then, of course, Mr. Marvelite over there is wearing blue. Uh, so I thought that was kind of interesting. And I was hoping Brian would show up with a blue hat. That would be interesting. Yeah, Brian would be over where you're pointing now. Yeah, he's over there. Yeah. So yeah. that's Tony over there. Tony's at the upper corner. Yeah, but if Brian would be, well, it doesn't matter. Brian We're way off track. Well, I Brian think I'm where Brian would be at because I'd be down here. So no, no, Lala's up there. Lala's always on the top right. I'm usually up in the corner and you guys at the bottom. Right. We're all flip-flopped. We, you know, we're I literally put you guys topic. up here in the order you joined the show. That's how I put it up here. So, like, that's, that's nice. I do it in that way so that everybody can understand that I love all of you equally and it has nothing to do with anything other than longevity of uh, time on the show. Seniority, if you will. But he loves me more, though. Well, <laughs> we love all the kind tidbits from Mr. Snibbits. Oh, tidbits, snibbits. I love it. Okay. So we do have another two movies to go through. And, of course, um, I think the Conjury is going to take the the real it in. Wait. Real it in, guys? Oh, she's laughing. Sorry. Well, it's a, not is a pun. Thank you. <laughs> so let us know it's a pun. Thank you. Um, we love fun. Uh, so we're going to move on to The Conjuring, but um, we also have the, the pre-review uh, loaded and ready. Uh, Sean always does amazing work for us and always looks uh, for the movies he's excited for, which gets me excited about movies I haven't even heard of yet. And, of yeah. course, we have to put a big shout out to uh, Cell Phone and uh, Wallet and Keys, also known as Mickey, who is our voiceover guy. Uh, he is fantastic and deserves all the love in the world. And we'll give you one of these in his honor. Good morning, Charlie. So, yeah, we, we've got a lot of his voices. I'm going to try to get more and more of them. Um, while we're on kind of a little hiatus here, we're just talking. I'm going to give you guys my idea and let's see what the chat thinks. I think that potentially we should start doing an after talk where we get on the Discord and invite our chatters over to the Discord and chat with them about the movie live rather than we won't be streaming this. This would just be on the Discord after the fact. And whoever wants to go and can go that night can. As long as one of us is in there moderating and talking, then it would be you know, whoever's up for being there for as long as they want. Idea. Um, I, think be, I, I like that, but I think it should be, uh, I don't know, I think it should be time because all of us are on the same time zone. Like a few of us are on the same time zone. So, like, I would say, I don't know, I want to be like an hour and a half, but, like, you know, like, 
because you know for me when we're finished it's it's midnight here for me right and for me to kind of like i wouldn't mind being in the conversation i'm just saying i'm just saying just not to go really deep into it. i think it should be like we'll 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 talk with everybody for like an extra hour or two you know just to kind of like put a time to it agreed i like that agreed. and it's it's not set in stone and it's something that we could play with and we could even do it on another night where we just do like chat with the real study or something i just want to get feedback and see if people would be interested uh because if they're not interested then we'll just keep doing the show and then we're done uh so it's no big deal uh but it sounds like you guys may be up for it if it's the right setting in the right situation so that's awesome and if you guys uh like it just throw it in the chat otherwise let's move on to the next movie which is oh you just we you guys rate didn't rate it. i rated you guys didn't rate it go ahead yeah, you did Oh, go ahead. So, so let's face it, as as much as it was slow at the beginning, I find that this film was much more cohesive than Mandy ever was. Um, and, and, and I'm not, it was not my cup of tea last week. And so, um, definitely had that going for it. Um, I think there were some times where it was like the, the jump scares were a little bit too obvious. Um, I, I shared, um, on discord, uh, with Black Girl Marvel and Mr. Snippets beforehand, but I, I felt like this was a kind of uh, kind of a mix between Witch and um, Skeleton Key. And if you haven't seen either, either of those movies, those are actually very, pretty good films. Um, and it's not so much because of the story. It's not like a direct take from it. But it's it's that, it's kind of that idea of once you go down the rabbit hole, um, there was no turning back. And especially like with the Skeleton Key, um, where it does deal with like uh, the idea of possession, but it's more of the, the voodoo side of it um it's all about belief and getting involved and um you know so 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 for me it was it was it was kind of comfortable i i I liked where it went i think the story was good i i definitely feel like there should have been that little smile at the end um like mr snippet said so i would say probably about a say a 7.5 uh for this film and it and that's i have to watch it again and i probably would be willing to watch this again because I think there are things that we missed that would probably be go back, good to go back and kind of look at and, and kind of catch up on and see. And there had been talk for a long time for this movie to have a sequel. Um, it's not really in production right now, but the director um, does have another... Um, uh, well, the, the producer has another contract to produce another horror film, and they're really pushing for him to do a Hereditary 2. Or, yeah, Hereditary 2. So, yeah, that's it. What would that look like? What? What no would a hereditary two look like? Like, um, we 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 go deeper into the whole climbing. Are you saying doing a prequel? Like maybe the first time you somebody has to equal, like, like, like he's he's now taken on the the soul. What does that then mean? Because you're 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 you know, you know when when the the king of hell is possessed a body, he now needs a bride. That's a fair point. There's no more. That is a fair point. I feel like there's no more family left. So, like, how do you, what is your job? Sorry. Uh, no, you're fine. You have to, have to keep the show moving. That's why you're here. Fine. Um, I, I enjoyed this film. Um, uh, I mean, I guess I'll say I enjoyed Tony Collette's performance probably more than I enjoyed the film itself. But like, I'm an I'm an actor that watches actors, so like I really enjoyed what she brought to the table. 
uh, Gabriel Byrne is nothing to um, sneeze at neither. Like I, he, his subtleties are very powerful in this film as well. I feel like everybody um, played their part very, very well. Um, what's his name? I believe his name is Alex Wolf. I believe his mm, name is the, right. the, 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 his name is Alex Wolf. Um, he's, he's just, He's, he's great. Like, I'm enjoying seeing him in the little things that I've seen him make. If I saw him in that movie Old, he did very good in that. So, like, I'm enjoying, like, what he's bringing forth. Um, I like some of the jump scares. Like, I'm telling you, when she chased him from the corner, I was like, that was great. Like, I didn't get scared because I don't have emotions and I don't speak in things like that. It doesn't scare me anymore. But I was like, oh, that's a good, because, like, the camera just turned and she shot off. Like, Tony Collette is just tops for me in this. Um, um, yes, uh, United States of Terror is amazing. If nobody's ever seen that, she she plays a character that has multiple I- identities. It's a freaking amazing show. Uh, I was so sad when it, when it ended, but um, um, I, I enjoyed this film. I would give I would probably give this film a seven. All right. Uh, all right. A seven out of ten. Uh, we'll probably never watch this again in all my days unless somebody was like, have you ever seen Hereditary? And I'm like, yeah. They're like, we want to watch it with me. And I'm like, sure. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to say no. Like, it's a movie. That's fine. But I don't see myself being like, you know what? This is a good evening for some Hereditary viewing. Like, I just won't. <laughs> that like just you, won't be me. Like me, you might watch the clips. Like, I might want to watch a couple of scenes from Tony or yeah, Tony yeah. doing her thing. Because she, like, like you said, that's exactly what I said. The reason it's a five and not a two is Tony Collette. Like, that's the reason because she's so phenomenal. She elevates anything she's in. Um, the I agree. The telephone or the piano wire sound was awful and gritty and pretty, pretty awful overall. I agree. No, um, her in the her and her up in the corner while he's like seeing his father. Like, and it's just it was just I don't know. It was just it's a lot in this film to like unpack unpack you know it's just a lot in this film you can talk about it for days actually and that's why we've got to move on because we do have two other films to talk about and um i do want to get sean's pre-review is only about four minutes so it shouldn't be too bad but we'll get into the conjuring first so the conjuring james wan uh directed and this is not the first james wan film that we have uh actually reviewed on this show uh he's actually now the most reviewed real study director not sure how i feel about that um Okay. Uh, that being said, uh-huh. uh, this is a story about um, the Warrens, who are a paranormal, um, were, sorry, I think they have passed on at this point, um, paranormal investigators from the 1950s, uh, 60s, and 70s, uh, who have collected a ridiculous number of either possessed or creepy or weird items for occult reasons and gathered them together Mm -hmm. and they've kind of spent their lives you know writing a book and and we catch on to them when they're kind of past their prime they've done a lot of these things and they're kind of not retiring but they're kind of winding down a bit and uh we find oh just jesse just subscribed again for eight months straight just jesse welcome you are awesome now just jesse has been one of the original real study viewers she's been back since almost a year ago she started so uh, well obviously eight months but she was even around there's more of a bits and wig follower even before that when it was just mr snidbits reviews the movies so this she goes way back so thank you so much just jesse and if you don't follow her please do there's something wrong with the shout outs tonight so um take those names copy them out Follow these folks. They're amazing. Let's click on their name. That's another way to do it. Uh, so we, we find Ed and Lorraine Warren um, are basically 
showing us their backstory about Annabelle. And of course, that's a whole nother movie. Uh, and Annabelle's got a little bit to do with The Conjuring, but not much really. So don't, if you've never seen these, don't get all excited that you're going to learn about that doll in this movie. Because you'll yeah. learn only the basics. Um, I, I watched it and was like, oh, this is where the doll came from? Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. ultimately the movie is about a family who is in a house which is haunted and the Warrens already retire, but the the mother begs them to come check this out and craziness ensues. So that's the synopsis. Um, of all the James Wan productions that have been made, this is my favorite. This is his strongest production, in my opinion. And so I actually don't hate this movie like I do most other James Wan's productions, like Malignant. Um, and it's for a lot of reasons. There's a lot of reasons. So there's my initial take. Um, I'm going to let Mr. Marvelite go next. Go for it. Sir. I'm going to make you a James Wan TV t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. You're going to make me meet him too, just, right? Just what you want. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, hmm. oh, no. Okay. Yeah. Bad pun. So, uh, okay, so um, Ed and Lorraine Warren, um, uh, as, as a youth, I was more, uh, I was introduced to them more into, you know, the paranormal documentaries that they did. Um, they used to do stuff through, um, like, Discovery. They ended up also, oh, Lorraine Warren, after Ed's death, um, ended up doing um, a stint on a show called Paranormal State, which ended up having a lot of, like, logistical and legal issues after the fact. Um, which was actually like a, a Penn State paranormal investigating group. Um, she was on that a couple times, counseling the the, the, the main investigator, and um, you know, which he also you know had claimed to be haunted by things through his entire life. Uh, regardless of what you believe about paranormal and the supernatural, it's it's definitely their, their stories are definitely interesting to delve into, and I think that's what what I find with the Conjuring series, um, and especially if you didn't see earlier this year, uh, the Conjuring, the Devil Made Me Do It. Um, which was another uh, another story in in the series of this couple, um, and they do take from real life instances that they they claim of of things that have happened. But of course, you know, with film, you're always grandizing things, and you know, it's not gonna be real. like the like the Annabelle doll, for instance. <clears throat> Annabelle, Annabelle, the real Annabelle. Um, which, if you are ever on um, TikTok, there is a guy who has has inherited the entire Warren estate and is keeping the museum going and sometimes he will do lives through um through TikTok or through YouTube. I you, did not know you that. Look him up, you can find that. Uh but the 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 actual Annabelle doll is a raggedy Ann doll. I knew that. Um and and um and and honestly it's funny though because they grandize these these things. I find that the 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 real occult museum that Ed and Lorraine Warren left behind is much creepier than what you see in the film. Really? Um you don't think that yeah. the Annabelle doll is creepier than a Raggedy Ann doll? I think the Annabelle doll itself is creepier, okay, but okay. the story behind that actual Raggedy Ann doll makes it even more sinister because the idea of it something being something more more innocent looking, like, okay, first of all, who was stupid enough if to If it was a Care Bear, like, whoa, like, dude, that Care Bear is yeah, a like, demon. Like, like, killer Care Bear. You, you just, <laughs> that, that, at that point, it's like, or it, it kills you with the Care Bear stare because it'll you, you just can't stop looking at it. And you stop. Breathing. You just changed that, that Care Bear stare in my life. Oh, exactly right. Terrible. So so you have things like that. Like there, there there are stories that even you know people they stop letting people come down to the museum yeah. because um, somebody actually challenged the doll and the guy the guy who challenged the doll ended up dying in a, a motorcycle accident on the way home from the museum. 
Um, so th- I find that I find that stuff the the coincidental of reality more interesting than sometimes these productions. But I don't feel like that's coincidental. But you know, go ahead. <laughs> well, it's it, it goes all with my 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 uh, my college degree and background and stuff. It's like I have I'm very cynical when it comes to paranormal stuff. And th- this is a movie show. It's not a paranormal. Show. It's not a paranormal show. But the one mm. thing I do honestly agree with, with the way the Warrens explain it, what you have a lot of people who talk about, you know, a lot of the individuals in these, in these hauntings are, um, you know, people that then move on. And that's not the case. Um, if, if we're going by what, you know, the Catholic church says, or even, you know, what other ecumenical groups do, um, anything that has the ability to haunt or possess, it's always demonic. And with the Warrens, it's always something demonic involved um which which is not just a ploy it's just that's literally you know what they dealt with um but with this movie we have the you know we have the typical it's it's definitely like the um house uh the amityville horror which is another ed and lorraine story um and you have this couple that comes into this house which is is cursed by a um a witch that was was uh you know part of the original salem witch trials um and she ends up killing her child and hanging herself um and cursing oh yeah well uh, are we are we <laughs> thank you um, you know and, and hanging herself cursing the land in the process and at that point anybody who lives on this land is going to face the curse of you know of we're going to say it was uh, it was it was Bathsheba wasn't it yes yeah so, so you so, have this, you have this story, and I mean, it, 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 it's, it's procedural. If you really look at the, like the, the, the Conjuring films, they're very, very, co- like you know, procedural. It's more of the relationship between you know Ed and Lorraine that I think is the most compelling in the story, and I, I don't find these movies terrifying or scary in any sense. Um, I just kind of want to. It, 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 it's not even like the jump scares for me. It's just it's like okay let's just go and do another story because i look at it as okay i wonder how much of this was actually true to the events or not so yeah that's my turn i found it entertaining <laughs> i just to like kind of say like it was entertaining to me like i wasn't scared i wasn't even though i believe i do believe in like the supernatural paranormal but one is a movie so i'm like okay i could suspend my disbelief um gazoo type type um thank you no problem um but it was very entertaining i, I found myself watching it and going oh what's about to happen next Oh, so what's gonna happen with the family? So, oh, what's gonna, like? I found myself, I, myself. I don't know where I'm from, but I found myself uh, ooing a lot, just wanting to know more about like the like the Warrens. I could be that's like the, the the husband and wife team. Like, I want to know more about them. Um, I love how things were connected in this film, like how they got to their daughter through the necklace because it's con- it's a connection between the two of them. Like, I thought that was like very smart. Um, uh, I do like some of the things that happen. Like, uh, like I put this on my TikTok about. I think I, yeah, I put this on my TikTok about how uh, the mother thought her kids were up, and she's like, "I'm gonna lock you in the basement." And then she gets the door slapped her in the head, and she gets locked in the basement. I could understand how that's terrifying to be banging on the door for somebody to help you, 
and no one can hear you scream, right? That's the whole thing about horror movies is like no one can hear you scream. Literally, no one can hear her scream. And then to have the little boy like right by her, like shrouded in darkness, like some of this stuff was like very nice, like aesthetically to look at. But I found it, I found it very interesting. I found myself more connected to the Warrens and to the family that was that had the house possessed. Um, I did read though that there was a couple that bought that house, and they say weird things do happen around that house. I think it's for sale again, like they, by the way. They've seen like doors closed and open, and you know they see things move and shift and. But they say that they they don't because they are a paranormal couple, like a, a, a couple. So they're like we don't feel an evil presence, but they but they've seen some weird stuff happen. Um, I, I I enjoyed it. Like again, I won't watch it again. But I I for a first viewing and knowing and, and honestly, I never I've seen the trailers because I watch trailers and things like that. Never been compelled to watch it. No one's ever been like let's go to movies and see it. Really, I was like oh yeah. I've never like I don't really hang around a lot of people that want to go see like movies like this and that's not like my first thing to go watch but um um i like patrick wilson so um i think she's great if you've ever seen that only commercial for him for like dancing i love that but anyway um because he's actually training really. but um i i enjoyed some i thought it was great to watch it was it was just nice to see the hype like i remember when it came out, people were more crazy about it. Like, oh my god, he's conjuring, and I was like, nah. But it was, it was like, I think I'm, I can better appreciate movies like that now as an adult than I could when it first came out. That's how it. Patrick Wilson is a babe too. Also, very active talent or talented actor. See, I can, I could actually see no. Patrick Wilson and Bradley Cooper playing brothers. That's just me. Um, and thank you for uh-huh. noticing my mic was muted. I apologize that uh, for that, but. You, you picked up on my cues anyway, so that's awesome. Uh, what about the thing I think that drives me crazy about true story horror movies is I automatically feel like it has to be grounded in reality. And that's kind of something Mr. Marvelite was kind of alluding to was, you know, if you're skeptical of the paranormal or if you have issues. And as much as he's interested in the Warrens for that, even though he's a skeptic when it comes to paranormal I'm also a skeptic when it comes to the paranormal and they drive me nuts. Um, the movies get way worse in my opinion. And by the time I got to three, I was like, can you just shut this off please? Because it became kind of almost a parody of itself with how much they started to overact their parts with each other. And it became this love story. And I was like, I don't care enough about you guys to care about this. Uh, so I was, I feel the opposite. I feel like I felt like, I understood the family and the, just the regular dad and his wife being possessed. I went, I put myself in those shoes and what would that be like? Uh, same thing with the kids. I've got two girls. So for me, I did relate to the family a little bit more. Um, but at the same time, I, I don't know. Um, th- this is probably one of the better horror movies in a while because of the quality of the jumps and the, the, it was a well-crafted film. And I think I would give it to the writers uh, for this one. Again, you guys know how I feel about James Wan's work. So I feel like the writers did a good job. And again, it's not that he doesn't have um, good style. I like the, the look of the film, the feel, uh, a lot of the camera work is great. It's not over the top in this one. Like he's been doing a little bit more now. Um, but Chad Hayes and, and, and it looks like Carrie Hayes are the writers and I think they did a solid job and I'm not sure if they were on the other two films. Uh, probably not. That's not usually the case. Um, oh yeah, no. Um, 
this one so the second movie was actually james wan's play so it's a completely different story and done by him rather than the original writer so i feel like there's a disconnect there in the second film um there's so much footage that they claim to have gotten so many things that they recorded like i want to hear the tape where the girl doesn't talk i want to hear that but that's not going to ever happen that's not available or it's just a plot point like marvelite was saying um so I, i get really you know, iffy, but then they, they, they made it emotional. So it was about the, the connection yeah. between the husband and the wife, both the Warrens and the family both had that, you know, you get to see, yeah. them, you know, so to me, there was a lot of emotion and that draws me in enough. Um, so insidious or so, the conjuring. If I had to pick, is that the question? I'm assuming. I am too. Um, I am. I will say that I like the practical effects. I love the um, I love the the makeup of the mom, like when she was possessed and like Bathsheba was coming through her. Like I love the makeup, like when he called her name and her, the way her face was looking. Like I love that. I love how they turned her upside down in the chair. Like I love people. I love when like the, like the demon like snatched her and like pulled her into the room and then threw her against the wall. Like I knew all that was wiring, but it was just. It was they could have easily CGI'd it, I'm pretty sure, but it just looks better when it's kind of like done by like pulleys and things like that. Like it just it sits better with me. So I, I enjoy those things. I just I, I enjoy when things are like simple but effective, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I love those. I agree with practical effects. They're they're necessary to make horror movies especially feel really good. Mr. Marvelite. So I hesitate to even talking about this tonight, and I, I, so, so again, we we're, we're we're basing this off, you know, these are off the events of Ed and Lorraine Lauren. The the actual story this is based off is is very different. Um, oh, you know, uh, Ed and Lorraine Lauren are very, um, they're very simple they're when it comes to how they handle certain things. In fact, there was no resolution to this 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 event. Um. Uh, Bathsheba was actually, you know, the woman. Uh, uh, I think it was uh, her husband's name was was Jud- uh, Hudson uh, Judson. Um, they lived in the the farmhouse around the eighteen hundreds. She didn't actually kill her own child. Um, she was implicated in possibly killing the neighbor's child, um, but mm-hmm. was never was never like convicted of anything. Like they they never charged her because there wasn't enough, you know, evidence or anything toward the toward the fact of her doing it. It was just suspicions. Um, there, there, when the family went in the, in, in the, into the house, um, really what they noticed was there was a lot of like the brooms would go missing, um, or it would like show up in weird places and move around and stuff. And of course you had that, that overall sense of like, you know, uncomfortableness. Um, when the Warrens were brought in, they actually had visited the house mm-hmm. over a span of years. And the mm-hmm. last time they visited, they did a seance, Lorraine, Lorraine ran a seance, where it was believed that Carolyn, the mother, um, her chair was lifted off of the ground. She began speaking in tongues and was possessed and was thrown across the room, to which the father then kicked them out of the house and they never returned. And it wasn't until the 1980s that the family just left and then the paranormal events seemed to go away. So, so that's very so 10% of the story is actually true. But <laughs> right. again, so again, it's, I mean, it's like, if if you're if you're going for that paranormal fix, I would always I always tell people you know go to Discovery Channel or go to like you know um, the travel the destination travel de- destination travel or whatever it is, um they'll do those you know those paranormal like type stories and stuff, um but like these movies they're just for fun, 
Um, these are not, you know, again, don't think you're getting any type of facts or, you know, any education about what's going on with them. And so I always get kind of leery when I, when I, when I watch these films, it's like, it's like for me, Poltergeist, complete fiction, love the film, right? Uh, the shining complete fiction, love the film. Um, you have, you know, the conjuring. Okay. It's a fiction based off of what was supposed to be like an actual event, and there's so much muddled people actually look at these movies as like their encyclopedia of paranormal activity. And it just drives me nuts. Right. No, um, I think there's a part that drives I me nuts separate too. myself from it. I love it. Like I just, oh, yeah. I did like the jump scares. I did like that stuff. A lot of those things were expected, especially if you've, you know, again, this was like the first of the conjuring films. I think this picked up, this was like the, they had Annabelle first and then they did the conjuring films, didn't they? Nope. This was first. So this, oh, this came out first. and then yeah. they made Annabelle almost right after. Like, because right. Of the and then they have the conjuring two and, right. the and then Annabelle and or Annabelle. What is the second one? It's not comes home. That's the third one. Homecoming. Was it homecoming? Wait, so there are three nice Spider-Man. Um, so, okay. um, yeah, there are three Annabelle movies and there are three Conjuring movies. There are six total. Well, there are there are eight total films because also the, the the oh the Spanish film um, and then the Nun as well. I always forget the Spanish oh, film's name. There are two others. Though. Annabelle comes home. Should be the third one. Should be the third one. I don't see any of those. Oh, See, order. so Justin, I've said paranormal, uh, that Conjuring is one of her favorite uh, possession paranormal type films. For me, it was The Exorcism of Emily Rose. I actually really love that movie for possessions. Uh, creation, that's the word. Annabelle Creation. So, yeah. You were going to say, Lala? Yeah, you were going to say. Oh, I said I've never seen them. I don't watch, uh, like I said, I believe in... Um, the paranormal, I believe, like as a as a, as a Christian woman, uh, I I do believe because if I believe in God, that means I believe in the devil, and if I believe in devil, that means I believe in demons. Like I believe, you know what I mean? Like you can't, I feel like you can't have one without the other. You can't, you know, you can't. Do that. I believe in this one thing and not believe in all the things that is that it encompasses. So I just never put myself in the way to. I watch certain things, but then certain things like I just don't. I'm like, I'm rather not open myself up to that. You know, only way I'll watch it is somebody if it's for something that I have to do, but I won't go seek it out myself. Now, remember, we do reserve the right to not watch certain movies. So if a movie ever comes up that you're like, I'm not doing it, let me know, and we won't we won't do it. Even if it's redeemed, we reserve that right. So um, just because oh, of triggers and other various reasons, and yeah. you know, like, you're not going to make me. That was never a point. I would just take the. I, I wouldn't prevent anybody from doing the review. I would just say. Hey, this might be a good time for me to take a vacation real quick. That's what I'm saying. So like there's 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 ways we could work it out or whatever. Like I stepped away for Shang-Chi. That could happen again. And especially since I'm the one producing this side of the show, you could easily step away for that movie if you plan on not watching it and then come back, just leave your camera on or whatever. Mute your mic. And yeah, I, 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 well, I feel like as a, like, I, like, like, as a performer myself, like, there might be times where I might have to do a scene that I might not be, I mean, I'll never put myself in a position to feel like, to feel a certain way, but there might be times where like, for my job, I have to do things. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I feel like, or I feel like this is my job because this is what I do regularly. You know, like, um, you know, I come here, I do this regularly. I don't have a problem doing this for my job, but personally, I wouldn't go seek some of these movies out because they just, my jazz, you know? We are working really hard for you is what she's trying to say. Really hard. Exactly. 
I'm putting my soul at risk for the shooting. Okay, no, I'm um, okay, so uh, you know, it has it, we kind of this movie. It's not one that I feel like we can break it down because it's just an unfolding of events. And I guess we could, yeah. we'd have to take it step by step to break yeah. the whole thing down. I don't really want to do I, that. Can I say one thing? Sure, sure. Can I say one thing? This this drove me nuts. <clears throat> so they get in the house. They're playing the 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 hide and seek game with the clapping and the blindfold, which was kind of cool because I liked how that got played into the spirit. Kind of here, no more for you. But what family, but what family buys, a buys a house that doesn't know there's a it seller? And the cellar is where the furnace is. Like, mm-hmm. like you bought the house expecting there to be no furnace. Like, was that a thing? Because honestly, because, like, they, it wasn't until they discovered the secret cellar that they discovered there was a furnace in the house. Like, that just drove me nuts. I'm with you there. Like, oh, look, we have air conditioning too. You I, I'd be inspecting places. Yeah, yeah and wouldn't you get the blueprints? I, I think no when you buy a house, you have the right to the blueprints, which means you'd know there was a cellar. So, for sure. I mean, you can well, go to the county, county office ever, and get that stuff. Like, that's not that hard. Yeah. It's like this. If you're ever so desperate to buy a house, at least look at, like, the blueprints. That's, like, the least you can do. Um, I get back in those days, maybe it was a little bit different. Like, home inspectors was not a thing maybe back in the, like, In the, the 70s? 70s? Yeah, it was. It was. It was a thing. Well, th- where you, like, paid people to actually check your house out beforehand. Because, like, there's a lot of movies where people go to, go to like, these crap holes and... And uh, it's like, it is like really? no, no, really? that is a big trope though, where it's like, where it's like, people will be like, This house is on the market, and I just bought it. She's like, Well, did you get anybody to check it out? Nah, like, it's okay, I know how to fix stuff. And they just like don't get their house checked out, and they then crap oh, yeah. happens. And they're, they're the Ghostbusters but, fire station is one of those many pieces of property where they are like, This place should be condemned, which means they didn't get an inspector and they did it anyway, they just mm-hmm. built the place, um, and they put it in an illegal facility holding ghosts anyway i digress yeah you're right that's a terrible trope uh because it's everywhere oh you do yeah, not watch yeah. too many horror movies you, that's your thing so that's awesome that you many. do it um for me like i said uh we can move into ratings because i really want to talk about dune uh like bad um justine so, don't open that door what it says oh, i've never seen, seen blueprints in my house there's a tiny door in the closet under the stairs i still haven't opened it if don't see the paranormal activity also, movies right the warrants are not there i mean so like you know we'd have to come we'd have to come like do an investigation i don't know if i could do that no i my wife would be interested i'm out um either i'd be too cynical to be around and the ghost would never show up or i wouldn't like what i found so Listen, way, i can out. barely get through a game of phasmophobia i don't know if i could even no <laughs> Okay, so rating this film, I would like to hear from Mr. Marbleite. Um, it's it's okay. So it's 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 a um it's a typical um, uh Warren you know story. I I I mean obviously I've seen a bunch of them. Um, uh, just after seeing recently the the Devil Made Me Do It, which was the one that came out earlier this year. Um, they're they're very much in par. Um. So I would probably say I would give this film. I think I think I liked Hereditary a little bit better, just because it because it seemed like it was a little bit more original than than The Conjuring. Um, so I'd probably give it maybe like a six point five, almost seven. Lala. Um. 
Um, the content was okay. Like I said, um, like I had those moments where I was like, "What's happening here?" Like, why? Or I, like, I, I just need my, I just need my movies to be more realistic. I mean, and I get it. This was taken, like, this movie was back in the day, so like, movies are kind of getting more realistic. Like, uh, like, like with like Get Out, like Get Out was very realistic to me in the sense of like how a person, you know, especially a black person, but this is how a person would act in a situation that's kind of like hairy. Because I think the tro- there's a trope that's been alive since Hollywood that white people just like getting killed because they do stupid stuff in movies like they just they hear a creek and they're like who is it and they go to the creek and then they die like I, I would want that trope to stop because I don't think everybody's that inquisitive like I don't think every no. white person in the world so, I as a white I mean? person like, would run the other way just putting it out you know like I don't I don't think you know like to like if I live in the house and my doors just kept opening up by themselves. I'm taking my doors off the hinges. Like, something's wrong, you know? Like, I don't know. Like, or I would have already left if certain things happened. Like, or if I'm the little girl and somebody pulled my foot and pulled me down the down the bed and I know it wasn't my sister because she's sleeping. I'm not sleeping in the room no more. Right. I'm later coming on. Like, it's just like little things where I'm just like, how are you still comfortable in this setting? I don't understand how you're so comfortable. Um, and going to sleep in some instances. How do you do that? I can't even sleep? sleep thinking something's under my bed, let alone if there really was something under my bed. Holy crap. Exactly. Then how do you go look? You never look under the bed. You never, it never ends well. Like, it never ends well. So it was just like little things like that that was like making me, I was getting frustrated in the film. I was just like, Ugh, why are they acting like people? People don't act like this. Like, I was getting like really mad. Um, but I mean, if I had to give it a rating, I would give it a, a solid six. I wasn't afraid because it's very, this film was very informational to me. It was, it was a lot of information. Sure. Um, just a lot of like, this is this family. This is how this is going. And, and then I guess they wanted to show us that it was stakes for the paranormal family by getting their daughter involved, even though the daughter is barely, it's just a thing. It's just like, okay, this is, great it's a six i'll never watch it again um and if i and if somebody puts it on i might just go to sleep for the heck of it what's the point of me watching it so yeah there is a certain point in which you do start to get so afraid all the time that it becomes the norm and you do sleep through it and the reason i can say that is you know we've gone through a fairly scary situation over the last couple of years and we've had to adjust and so i know that you can um i don't know how easy it would be to adjust in a situation where there's a ghost literally tugging on your legs and pulling your hair and so on. I would prefer if there was more awareness that something was happening for them. Like, like one girl spazzed out because she swore she saw somebody in the darkness, but then you went right back into that room and went to sleep. Like, it, it'd be a different story if, like, you just... Um, like, if you, uh, uh, like, if you saw them at different times, like, I don't want to go to sleep. Like, don't don't make me go to sleep. Like, there was none of that. It was just like another day done. Time to go rest my head in this room where I saw a person standing in the corner. Like, you know, it's, mm-hmm. I would have just a little bit more. So. I'm with you. I'm 100 with you. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and give this a seven out of ten. I actually like this better than Hereditary by a lot. Um, mostly because the ending is fine. It's simple. Uh, and this is before the Warrens started to really bug me. I thought this was a nice, fun original story. I think it does some really, really great creepy parts, the practical effects. Um, I really like uh, the actors. Um, 
kind of across the board, with the exception of, I know everybody's going to hate me this for this, but Patrick Wilson's okay. I mean, I don't hate him, but he's just kind of, I could, you know, he, you could literally you know, put Bradley Cooper in all of his roles and I would be just as happy. Um, it wouldn't bother Except for me. A-Team, you couldn't have taken him out of that because Bradley Cooper. I know they're there. both in it, and but I would have been okay with Bradley Cooper wore sunglasses to play the other character. It wouldn't have bothered me. Um, I'm kidding, of course. But Ron Livingston uh, kind of shocked me because he's always been a funny guy. He's never been as serious. And so to see him play kind of this empathetic character. And then Lily Taylor has yeah. always been phenomenal. I love her. She's she's great. In almost everything, so. uh, and then yeah. you've got, let's see, uh, there was another person that's huge now who wasn't then. Where is she? Joey King. Um, Joey. Is also pretty big. Oh, now. Joey. So, but good cast, I think Actually, the cast is huge, and again, solid script. So, the, the, the girl, you know, that Joey King is one of the girls, the other girl played Renezme in Twilight, but she's grown up now. She played Renezme in Twilight. Another girl was on that TV show, Lie to Me, she right. played the daughter of Tim Roth's uh, character. Like, I was looking at all these people, I was like, hey, I know these faces, so like, maybe that's another. I I didn't discover that I knew who Chris Pratt was till years later and I'd seen him in about 12 roles before I ever saw him on Parks and Rec and didn't know it Um, which is crazy because he always played the jerks he always kind of like disregard the jerks for some reason like unless they're like Joffrey style like you know the guy that plays Dickless from Ghostbusters like those are like those you remember but then most jerks you just forget about like like a like a like a, um, a jock in Everwood, like when it was like a WB. Like I remember right. him from the WB. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. Um, yeah. Conjuring. Here, there it is. Um, that is how the real study feels about the Conjuring. Um, if you do want to know how all the movie things feels about any of these movies, he did do a review on every one of these on his TikTok. So please go over there and check him out, uh, so that you can see his actual take on these. Since since he won't be here tonight, uh, and I do believe that he had a lot of fun with Hereditary, um, and I think he had. Um, I actually didn't see the Conjuring one, so I don't want to speak out of turn there. Um, that being said, uh, we're going to go ahead and do the pre-review. Um, and again, I can't kill you guys' microphones. I'm so sorry. Uh, or I would. So uh, we could chat off off the screen, but we can't. Otherwise, we will be back. Please enjoy this week's pre-review. How's it going, Real Study viewers? I'm Sean, and I'm back with this week's pre-review of all the movies coming to streaming and theaters this week. It's a rather light week when it comes to blockbusters, but there is one that I am very excited for. Hitting theaters this week is Last Night in Soho. Starring Thomason McKenzie and Anya Taylor-Joy, joined by Matt Smith, we get an incredible psychological thriller adventure from Edgar Wright, who I absolutely love. This movie looks incredible. I cannot wait to see where this one goes because honestly, that trailer is just wow. Next, we have Antlers coming to theaters in true horror fashion for the Halloween season. We have a tale about a Wendigo monster that is somehow attached to a small young boy. Uh, This takes place in an Oregon town where it appears that a middle school teacher has been as a parental guardian for this boy and her brother is a sheriff. They get caught up in a tale as this monster comes to life and they learn the true power of the Wendigo. Netflix and Zack Snyder are taking us back to before Army of the Dead with Army of Thieves. 
This will follow another group uh, as they put together to pull off a heist right at the beginning of the zombie apocalypse. This looks like a great adventure comedy with Zack Snyder written all over it. It honestly looks great. It kind of knows that the movie is on the nose. It makes several jokes about that right in the uh, trailer itself. Looks like another fun one. I can't wait to watch this. Directors Matt Angel and Suzanne Coote bring us another Netflix thriller right in time for Halloween with Hypnotic. This is definitely a psychological thriller that is taking us on a ride of a woman who is dealing with some sort of trauma from her past and she believes hypnosis is the solution to her problems. As usual in films like this, things do not go as planned, but this one looks, is just full of tension all the way through. I cannot wait to watch this one. Finally, the last of our streaming, Paramount Plus brings us another Paranormal Activity movie in Paranormal Activity Next of Kin. Uh, honestly, you go to look up some stuff about this and they say the plot is under wraps, but you can watch the trailer and pretty much pick up on the fact that this is in the future from the Paranormal Activity movies that we've seen. Um, a young girl goes who is you know, been given up. She's she's hunting down her original relatives. She's been adopted. And this is her tale of going and finding out that she's a part of that paranormal activity bloodline. It looks like a normal paranormal activity movie. If you love the tropes and the jump scares of these paranormal activity movies, you'll probably love this one. I'll probably check it out. Thanks for watching, Real Study viewers. I'm Sean, and this has been this week's pre-review. All right, that's Sean. If you don't follow him on TikTok, uh, please do. He's got some great Marvel uh, comic book movie content. Uh, please do. Uh, that being said, we're going to move into the big final movie of the night. And of course, pardon that uh, we don't have... Uh, uh, there we go. Uh, we have Dune, done by uh, Canadian director uh, Denis Villeneuve, and it's got a ridiculously great cast. Um Everybody from Oscar Isaac, Josh Brolin, um, you've got Zendaya, you've got, um, oh, who else? Just just a ton of folks. Um, a remaking of the original book series, as well as kind of a remake of the 1980s film. Um, not necessarily, but you can definitely, if you've seen this film, you'll notice that it is, without a doubt, um, taking some ideas. Um Yes, if you have not seen Dune, please do depart. I understand this is not a movie you want to have spoilers for. Um, totally makes sense, and I respect that. Thank you, Captain, for stopping by and supporting us. As always, you are amazing. Thanks for the bits. Thanks for all the love. That being said, who would like to touch Dune first? Who would, who would like to go on Dune first? Uh, yes, Lala, what do you got? Okay. Real good love. Doesn't it look right off the vine? Look at that. <laughs> That's fantastic. It's almost movie-like. Almost movie-like. Right. And if you haven't seen Dune, it is streaming right now on HBO Max uh, and, of course, in theaters, which we encourage you to try to go to the theater if you can. If you can't, then, of course, try to catch it on HBO Max to at least support the film in some fashion. Um, there will be, and I'm sorry if this is kind of considered a spoiler, but I don't consider pre-announcement spoilers, but there will be sequels uh, to this film. And it's obvious if you watch it. But that being said, holy um, crap. so 
Okay, let me preface this with saying I've never seen the original Doom. Okay. Uh, I know Kyle McLaughlin was in it, and I like him. Um, and I think that's why they picked Timothy Chalamet because he looks like a young Kyle McLaughlin. <laughs> like, he does look like him. Like, he looks like they pulled Kyle off the cover of the original Doom and was just like, they flapped it, and then it became Timothy Chalamet. Like, that's what it looks oh, like. Um, um, so I went to this film not knowing anything about it, um, because I think this is based off of, like, books and stuff like that, and they read the books. Um, I will say initial reaction watching this film, I was like, interesting. <laughs> um, it had a lot of elements to it. I do feel like it's very compact. It's a lot in this film. Uh, you have a lot of moving parts, so you have um, different types of people and creatures who have abilities that they really didn't touch on. They touched on a little bit, but they didn't really get too deep into it. You have, um, oh, did you say uh, Stella Skarsgård? Because he's in the I did. Um, um, it was just interesting. You have people who have abilities, and then it's like a whole prophecy. It just seemed a lot for one movie. And it, and, and after, sometimes it took me a little bit to like really remember who, who they were talking about. And then it's like a whole language that they speak. And it sounds very Arabic. I'm not sure you can tell me, Tony could tell me if it's Arabic-ish or if it's close, it seems Arabic. Which one? Like, uh, what was that? Uh, like the, what they call him, like uh, Liban al the I can't remember what it is. Like the, well, the, what no, they it, call it, him? They really did, I mean, it, it's it's very much its own language that they, they use. It, and that's kind of the, the, the lore with Dune. It's like, it's very poetic. Like if you look at the the scope of everything, it's very much its own style, and you can tell it picks up on different things. And I think that the fact that you know the Dune planet, you know we we have, um, you know they're 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 sand people, and and doing that, I think they're they are incorporating a little bit of like the not so much like full fledged Arabic, but more of like the the old Arabs, you know, um, okay. you know nomad so or so it's, it's like it's, Arabic adjacent. So it's like Arabic adjacent, I guess you could say. It just sounds very familiar in a way. Well, all yeah. the people uh, they used uh, for the Fremen were either of Arabic descent or they were black or they were potentially from Northern mm -hmm. Africa. Like At least Persian it seemed that way. Or yeah. oh, Persian, yeah, exactly. So there was definitely a mix of all of that, without a doubt. Uh, well, just enough that the whole book has a lot of like Arabic influence. Okay, so that just seemed very... Because, okay. But, I mean... Aesthetically, the movie was beautiful. There are very good sights. I mean, it was like a lot of the two part in the desert, but like the aesthetic, that like like the aesthetic of clothes, like the the the, the what's it call it, like the ornithopter, like those little the things that they fly in look like bugs, and it, flying, just, yeah. it just took you it took you to a different world. So I like the world building. The sandworm gave me tremor vibes, but you know that's just me. Um, or but you could I, say the I, tremor I, worms gave you sand, um, you know, dune worm vibes, right. yeah. Or Beetlejuice sand worms gave you dune vibes. Which came first, chicken or the yeah. egg? Yeah. Or the sand worm or the... But hey, but it will come first. What I so I'll go. It gave me Beetlejuice vibes. That's how Beetlejuice first. Um, but all in all, I thought it was a nice film. It's a lot. It's a lot of exposition. It's a lot of talking. Um. And I get that this is titled like in certain places it's titled Dune Part One, and then like like Snippet said like the way that it ends you you know that there's going to be more because to me Snippet didn't like the way 
uh, the hereditary ended, I didn't like the way June ended. I was just like, okay, like, <laughs> like, like I, felt, I felt like they could have ended it. If they ended it very ominous. They ended they ended it with like a vision of his, which is like understandable, but it just ended very like. So I went through all this for, to for it to end like this, and I know. I know they ended it in a way to let you know that there's more to come, but I still feel like it could have been a more solid ending and still alluded to more. But, but that's just my initial. I think they were on. trying to avoid what they did with the 80s film because they cut out so much that they got right to it. And so by making a multi-parter, they're leaving you with that Lord of the Rings, like, hey, we you know the story's going to continue. Frodo's walking toward the mountain, but he's like, you know, 80,000 parsecs away. So that's like a star wars reference sorry better like to me that ended in a way where i was like oh i can't wait weird for the next one for this one i was just kind of like okay all right it's so how we ended it no no and, and I, hey like i love this because we all don't agree and i love that we all don't agree all the time we agree on a lot of specific things but not all the details mr marvelite let's hear your take on dune okay so my background with dune is actually kind of similar to Lala's. I, I wasn't, I wasn't a big fan. Like I tried as, as I was younger to go back and watch the original, like the films and stuff. They were on television. Um, never really interested in it. I kind of passed Dune. Like I passed in my younger age, uh, my younger age, um, a lot of the, uh, the, uh, the star Wars novels, because I, I didn't like, you know, this, the expanded universe. Yeah, I wasn't big on that. Now that I'm an MCU fan, I can I digest all that stuff now. Right. Um, but um coming into Dune, first of all, what I was what I was very surprised mm-hmm. about was how they took it. it. It took itself very seriously. Um and it did something that a lot of films do not do well when they try to do these anthology or sequel type films. Mm-hmm. Um, Dune two was, is not, ha, had not been confirmed. Like it wasn't, they wanted to do it, but it wasn't like a thing that was for a for sure thing. But I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that after it being released, it's, it's definitely a for sure thing. Um, you had, when you had Lord of the Rings that came out and it's being compared a lot to Lord of the Rings. I can see why um, Lord of the Rings was confirmed for the entire series. Peter Jackson was doing the trilogy. He wasn't confirmed for a single film. This film surpassed expectations where Aragon couldn't handle it, um, where John Carter couldn't handle it. Um, you have lots of films. I mean, even Nightbreed, what we did reviewed last week, um, you know, it had the potential to become more, but it failed in the box office to right. do that. Um, and so a lot of times you don't have these groups that are willing to do these, these big ventures. And that's why we get these stories that are just disjuncted and they don't make sense. Um, and I was, I was emotionally invested in, um, and Paul and his family, I found the, that there is, there is the love between his family, but at the same time, like the father knew the mother was, um you know had her ways because she was of that order um the father which i i was going into it i love the duke like like he was amazing like um i mean as a human uh, just as a person just as a person like like how he 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 was he was a man of honor and you understood why that house was a threat to the empire because Mm -hmm. not only were they building and becoming strong 
but they but even sending them to this planet they already they immediately built a respect even a slight respect by the people just for the fact that he's like listen your land is your own if we just you know do the spices i cannot say that i will never have to go into your lands um if if it's if if i am in need to help i will be there and the guy is immediately like i have nothing else to say like it was he, he was fine with it right. um and the way they even approached the people like when the handmaid had the had the uh the blade and and instead of immediately um you know them, them taking her away you know she she said just be prepared for violence and and everything was its own little like its own little nod and to where the sun like i liked paul and 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 I remember when I tried to watch Dune the first time, I really didn't like the character as much. I, I didn't, I didn't resonate with them. And I feel that even as this, you know, this son of a ruler and he's meant for great things and all of this stuff, he, he was a very personable guy. He, he, he had love and fondness for the people around him. And you could just tell that that entire household was amazing, mm-hmm. which is why I felt that the betrayal that took place was was so deep but at the mm-hmm. same time that betrayal was almost a necessity but it gave the way for you know for a type of retribution it was just mm-hmm. like the whole political the 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 intergalactic political like pull of this film like it it just made itself so big and like these the the order um uh the the uh i i forget what the name of them are right now but um, the order of the uh, these these women that you know Paul is kind of like a, a descendant of, which wasn't supposed it was to like, happen. It was like Bene Gesserit or something. Yeah, yeah. So like like even just like them mentioning like you know that they have centuries of time, you know, at their disposal that they have done to work to manipulate all these things. Like it opens up the opportunity for world, and I I think um they're 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 going to be going forward with doing a a Dune spinoff series that's going to delve into the world of Dune more, um, not necessarily touch on the film, but I, I, I was reading something where it said that they're going to do like a series that kind of like world builds that it's, it's, it's adjacent to the story of, of, of Dune. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but I, I just, I loved it. And I, I liked it. I, I, as much as I didn't like the director for what he said about like Marvel films, he's doing a good job. So, um, and it, <laughs> I, I respect that too. Uh, yeah. Denny to me, he wasn't uh, sure he has his view the same way Nolan does, or the same way people who um, are Scorsese. trying to explore or Scorsese who are trying to approach it from what they view as an art form. And they see the MCU as more of a bubblegum art form, which is fine. And I think they need to understand that they're being gatekeepy and they're not yep. being respectful that movies are for everybody and you don't own the rights to film in general, make your movies. We'll see them. We love you. Back off of our roller coaster movies. Like we love them. Uh, Lala, go ahead. Um, just on that, I'm just, I'm just gonna piggyback on that. I feel like you can't talk mess about something else when you're recreating a film that already came out. Or that's fair. If I'm speaking like crazy, you can't when you create the same film with the same people just titled under something different. So. I mean, for me, you don't have a leg to stand on when you do stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, and I get it. If you, it's, I would rather people just be way more honest and be like, "Listen, these films are taking over the world. Can you please just go see my film, please?" Mm-hmm. Or just, just, it's not my cup of tea. I appreciate that you guys like it, but it's not my deal. Like, I, I, I wish so more you people. So you gotta like, when you bash on Marvel okay. films. 
But I also feel like the people that talk about Marvel films either saw it, enjoyed it, and hated that they enjoyed it, or have never seen it, and it's just piggybacking off of like rhetoric that they've heard, right? Because if you look at these films, there's nothing wrong with them. They're pure and they're pure enjoyment. Sure. The only thing was they hit at a time that seemed to erase, and I'm going to quote, erase other people's films, right? But it's that's not their fault. No, if people aren't going to go right? see those movies, they're not going to go see them. Like it doesn't matter. You are a Marvel movie, however it is, because we've been watching these. If you think about it, we've been watching Marvel films since Blade. It's been some type of Marvel film that has come out, whether it was under the, the guise of a Marvel, like of, of Disney or Marvel or anything like that. Whenever they were with Fox or Universal, or whatever, we watched these films because we enjoyed these characters. Right. It has nothing to do with, you know, with the whole thing. But I digress. But about no, no, you're good. You're good. Okay. Well, so I, 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 <laughs> I have not given my take. I want to give my take. I don't want to go off too far on a Denis Villeneuve. <laughs> You know, yeah. I get it. We, we definitely given our piece. I respect where you guys are both coming from, and I agree with you. I, we, I think we all three agree on this. Uh, that being said, um, the moment this movie begins, you just, you know, you, you're like, holy crap, this movie is epic. And I found that this film, which is going to be true amongst the, the trilogy, if they go that direction, or at least getting a part two, and we know that for sure. I think now that this is done well, we may get a trilogy. And since he didn't shoot two yet, he could like... They can finagle it. They can figure it out. There's enough material, and as just just enough can tell you, there's several books, so there's plenty of material. That being said, this movie is a full blown Shakespearean tragedy. There is nothing about this particular film that will make you go, "Yay for life!" No, like everything is being ripped away from these two characters um, in almost every possible way, and you see the potential for hope. You see the potential for a future, but even. That in itself is a lie because even Paul's uh, visions aren't quite solidified and aren't quite the way he sees them, aren't how they play out. So like, and we get to see that in the film, which I thought was great. I loved the spit scene and I hate spit. Like I actually can't stand spit on any level. And yet when that guy spit, I was like, oh, that's, I could tell right away. I was like, oh, that's his culture. Like he's just being culturally cool. He's not spitting on the guy. And Brolin, I feel like, brings it in this role because I feel like he's going to tackle and kill everyone around him at all times. I feel like he's, he is the head of security. You could tell he, he brings the presence uh, that he's going to protect Duke Leto no matter he's what. He's perfectly balanced. <laughs> yes. Ah. Um, and I, and I think that some of the fun lines and yeah, I know there's a lot of exposition in this film, but I think of what makes this such a brilliant sci-fi film is and series just from the original author even is that it is more dialogue. It's a little bit more like, again, we're referencing Lord of the Wings. It's a bit more about the, the breakdown, the game of Thrones style breakdown, if you will, versus the star Wars, just good versus evil. Um, in fact, I heard a TikTok today that actually claims that if you watch very closely, Star Wars is just a direct ripoff of the original Dune books. So it's almost like you take uh, Hidden Fortress and Dune and you have Star Wars. And if you make sense, if you think about it. Um, and since... Evil Empire, yeah. Yeah, Dune was written well before Star Wars was made, so it, it all makes some sense. I think this is one of the most beautifully muted films I've ever seen. So the color palette is exceptionally muted and still gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's so many browns that they have to deal with that they do a good job of balancing those browns. My biggest complaint, 
is that they teased those those worms and you only really get to see a little bit of them and i know we're going to get way more worms later um but they're bigger than any any other movie yet um they were way bigger in this than they were in the original and they're bigger than the beetlejuice worms which are now kind of like piddly in comparison but i can fight the beetlejuice Right. right, Gina Davis did punch one in the face. It's These no are like deal. night crawlers on steroids. Right. Um, <laughs> so to me, I loved all the like the world building. Like like I think Lala was saying, it's such a beautiful like all the little trinkets, the little designs of all the suits, and and of course you understand that. Wait, this eighteen year old, nineteen year old kid knows how to put on a Fremen's you know desert suit without ever yeah. being told like, what's going on. And so there's like a lot of prophetic stuff, which I think is fantastic. Um, but mm-hmm. overall, uh, it's hard to talk about this film without just going over the express details, because honestly, we don't know where it's going. I mean, I guess we, we do. I've seen the original film, so I know the baseline of where it's going. But Skarsgård made me mad. He, he. Oh, my God. Mm, mm, sorry. Easy to hate. I'm go ahead, la, la, please, please. No, I'm going to I'm just I'm going to go off about how much I love this film and not make it a conversation. So please, please, please. Oh, I'm a big fan of and I love his son because oh my god. <laughs> okay. Anyway, Tarzan, anyone? But anyway, um, the Scars Guards in general are pretty amazing. I mean, it. Come on, you just right. gotta love them. Um, that family's got talent. But it's crazy. You be like, Ugh, stop it! Like, stop procreating too. I'm pretty sure them kids are gonna have talent. Too. <laughs> um, but I, Ellen in this gave me very much. Um, he gave me a mix of like uh what's my man, Jabba the Hutt like vibe, but not as creepy, you know, but that 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 like bigger he gave me like uh who's the character that Colin Farrell is playing in the Batman? Can't remember his name. Penguin. Oh Penguin, yeah. Penguin. So yeah, he gave me like Penguin and Jabba the Hutt vibe. Like if you mix them together, because he was a heavier dude, but he was like menacing and just kinda like slimy but just without the slime to me i enjoyed even though he wasn't in the movie a lot i enjoyed his performance right because you could you could feel his presence um you could feel like his intentions you know what i mean um you could you could you could just feel all of that and i, I and when you can feel that to me off off the screen like and i can feel that at home you know, usually you get that feeling when you're like at the theater and it's like right, right in your face. The fact that I can feel that from my from my seat at home, like I love that. I love that I I got that performance out of him. I, I um, also I was just okay. Just one thing. I this is gonna be crazy that I'm saying this because I love Oscar Isaac and just mm, just delicious. But why was he named? He is at the chair. Like I don't. Oh, no, no. Okay, so that's a power move. That's a power move. Stripping down all the... That's what you do in prison. It's totally normal. Yeah, absolutely. You're humiliating somebody who's usually got a stature. He's a he's a duke. He's a, a king of sorts. And you've taken all of his normal, really appropriate garb. You've laid him out and prostrated him for the whole world to see his private parts. And, you know, yeah, absolutely. I just felt like, you know, we know he's fine. You gotta make him make it, though. It's like, relax, calm down. Well, you but, think about it. Dune has a lot of biblical it. references. That, mm-hmm. Like that's very much a biblical reference if you think about it. Um, even at the crucifixion, you have Jesus that is 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 stripped down naked, and mm-hmm. it's a, a a form of humiliation for that purpose. And so, when you've got yeah. the Duke of Atreides that that that's that's stripped down like that, that is 
he has nothing he's 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 completely barren um he is um he is helpless he's he's mm-hmm. he's paralyzed um he has yeah. no way of defending himself or protecting himself no shield nothing um they're standing there looking at him as like pretty much as a dog um but of course yeah. he does have that you know that lo- that little uh no, i definitely know i'm like that that in his teeth but i mean i, I definitely get that image that all that makes sense but also i feel like you will humiliate people in front of their people right to discredit them in some way you're humiliating him like in front of because like if you go the biblical way christ got humiliated in front of his people like people that he was supposed to like like protect and things like this and for me oscar's people were like y'all killed them all who are you gonna be but the 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 baron wanted to show his people that he was dominant over this duke and i love what justine just said she she's right he was that they were dominant over air and sea like they basically had it on lock no matter where they went that's why the desert was a big trick on arrakis for them because they couldn't just they never had to adapt to a desert so for them it was a big deal Uh, but they seem to be doing pretty good almost right off the bat especially with that the the party they sent ahead with the jason momoa character who i always i've forgotten his name like a hundred times um with duncan duncan Duncan, idaho um and no it's duncan and paul and everybody else has a crazy weird name Uh, baron vladimir harkonnen uh and then of course you've got uh well jessica i guess it's a few regular names paul jessica and duncan everybody else is like leto and what is this one the four but anybody that's in the fremen is going to have a fairly unique name i would say um Javier Bardem was in the movie, and I don't know why, but I don't remember who he was. Was he one of the? He was the guy who spit on the desk. Oh, that's okay. Why? Because he had his face covered. That's probably why I didn't recognize him. Yeah. Thank you. The moment he opened his mouth, I was like, "Oh, it's Javier." I'm a fan. Um, the the thing about the 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 lead in to them leaving the place and going into uh the whole well, again spoilers uh, the the whole idea that duncan has to defend them to his to his demise i liked that jason momoa was willing to be serious enough in the film and not not that he's not not that he doesn't take his role seriously but he's usually playing a bit of a goofier character or the hot character or he's not act acting on that level most of the time and i'm not no again no offense he's doing rock style acting which is fine it's first level it's pretty simple but in this movie he he took it a step further and he actually got serious and shaved the thing that makes him pretty and made himself look kind of weird and i respected the hell out of the fact that he shaved his beard uh for that scene and wasn't that gorgeous man we all expect uh, cause it's his beard that makes him really gorgeous. I swear. Um, like Marvelite, maybe look at Mr. Marvelite. If you, sh- you know, that beard, man, it's solid and strong. Listen, oh. there's nothing Jason Momoa could do that can make me, listen, when he was in that commercial and he like, they, they, he was taking off all his muscles. I was like, he's still fine though. Like, he's still good looking. You with a little body. Like, I don't know. There's nothing he could do. I've been in his like, watch when he, when he was like a fresh face kid. So, yeah. I was waiting for him to say my man at some point in this film. And when he said my boy, I'm like, okay, that's good enough. Yeah. It just, it, it showed me that he's going to go further. Although I could have said that with Cal Drogo from Game of Thrones, like that's my first introduction to him. And I was like, oh, they got, they got some, you know, they got some guy from overseas to play this character. Uh, That's awesome. He didn't really have to go very far with his accent. Boy, was I wrong. Um, no, seriously, that was my first introduction to him. So um, that's what I th- I thought that he was 
not from you know an english speaking country uh i was dead wrong wow so a hairless hairless he's still a beauty all right i mean if you like a naked mole rat version of jason momoa that's fine that's fine um I think what was really nice about this character, though, I mean, which also kind of like delved into, I think Jason Momoa's character, um, Duncan Idaho, um, showed that they weren't just going in for conquest. Like he spent time with these people. Mm -hmm. And the only time he was in battle was when they went when they sent one person to try to kill him. And I think at that point, just like we saw with Paul, you know, at the end of the film, um, that that battle to the death is what earns your place and honor or respect with these people. And for Duncan to do that, and it, it's 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 pretty much um, for this entire this entire group of people, um, this this the Duke and his and his subjects, um, they are honorable people. They're respectful people, and that is what the biggest threat to the Empire was. That the fact that mm-hmm. no matter where they went, they were going to garner the respect for people around them, yeah. and and like they like someone said, I think it was Jesse said in the chat. Um, you 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 take away the land and the land the sea the air from them and give them just the sand and you make them struggle that was the only way that you could weaken that household for them to fall and and at at the same time there was a manipulation that was going on that was leading this as well beyond just the fall of the house right and and so i i i'm all for it i'm i'm very much invested in this in fact um, I, I watched it last night and then um, I was doing stuff before for the show and I was like, I'm going to put it back on again. Mm-hmm. So I was just, I was just generally enjoying it. Um, you know, I think, I think Jessica, Jessica's a mom, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. I, I think, I think I, I've coming in blind from this, I have problems with her. Um, and I'm the actress or the character, the, the character. Okay. Like I'm, you know, I like her. I mean, other than the fact that she almost ruined Bartim and Bailey's life in, um, and uh, <laughs> but we're we're not gonna that's get there. Hilarious. Are you talking about the greatest showman? <laughs> yeah, she was she was the she was the singer that kissed him on on the um on in the travel. The like that. <laughs> Good for way. her. Good for her. She's also the one that uh, if you watched uh, Reminiscence, she was the one that um was stole you uh Hugh Jackman's life or his love and his heart and like messed him up. She really don't care about Hugh Jackman at all. Yeah. <laughs> you kind of like I, I feel like I kind of don't like her in films for the most part. But then I, at some point, like in Reminiscence, I did like her. Um, so I'm hoping that's the case in this one. But I just have like these. I don't trust her yet. Have I don't you trust her? In this have you seen the original <laughs> Dune, Marvelite? I've not. Okay. No, see, I, got, I was. See, I'm walking into this knowing the I wasn't story. Turned off. I was turned off on it. Okay. So I was walk. I walked into this knowing the bait. And again, they didn't get the movie right. You can ask just enough. They didn't. It's not that movie isn't perfect and everybody seems to hate it, but I like uh, a lot of David Lynch's stuff and I don't mind his weirdness because I'm a bit of an odd nut. So I don't have a problem with it. And I like Kyle McLaughlin. Uh, it's got Patrick Stewart. It's got sting. It's got, you know, some pretty interesting characters. The person that plays the Harkonnen, the Baron uh, in that one is way grosser. Grosser is not a word. Um, more gross. more gross, more disgusting boils. The vat was more disgusting and it was 80s. So it had like a, bleh. And you're right. Uh, it is hard. Uh, we've got red, uh, red bearded gent uh, talking about how she's the devil, uh, how she can't be trusted. Um, 
And don't tell me more though. I don't no, want to no, spoil but, I, but you, you're, you're right. Yeah. She's, she already, you look at the way the Duke approached her. We're just talking about this movie. Forget about anything that may be spoiled. I'm not going to yeah. even tell you guys how it goes. I'm doing my best to just talk about this segment of the film yeah. uh, or of the story, but she's already, you know, taken Paul away from the Duke when he kind of said, don't do, don't take her, him there. I don't really want him part of this. And she did it anyway behind his back. And he even expressly says, I don't like that you did that. And now I have to deal with this. And he's different since then. What the hell are you doing to my boy? Um, so like, it's hard to trust her. You're right. It's, it's hard to trust her. But at the same time, she has given Paul the strength to learn how to uh, use the voice and to survive in a, in, in this really harsh world. So it's kind of hard to say, like, it does, is she trustworthy overall or is she benefiting just Paul or does she have some kind of weird extra? It's hard to say. So, but I'm with you. See, but I don't know. I I didn't have a problem with her. I can tell that she loves her son. I can tell that she just wants him to be a full person. And you can't be a full person with just half of yourself, right? Like you, you can't just lean on just the teachings of your father, none of your mother, and then expect to be a whole person. And for uh, Leto to, I understand that she went behind his back essentially, or whatever you want to call it. But to even deny her, to deny him his birthright, because obviously you can tell that she's powerful herself. Right. Not only is she strong with the voice, but she's a strong fighter as well. That's a part of Paul's DNA. That's a part of what makes him the one, essentially. So everything that his, everything that the Duke was trying to help Paul become, it's because of his mother that he becomes that as well. That's so, fair. I mean... Essentially, in the first one, I haven't, like I said, I haven't seen the original one. Ain't, I probably ain't gonna see it, you know. But I just think it's 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 very short sighted to deny. It's that's like me having a kid, and I I got some type of legacy that I want to pass on, and my husband's like, no, you can't. All he needs from me is what I'm going to give him, and nothing else. And I think that's messed up. Also, the original one, David Lynch. I read some stuff about the original one. David Lynch said that they didn't let him. Uh, producers and some other people didn't let him do what he wanted which is why that film is like people go back and forth about if it's good if it's not because he said that artistically he didn't get to, to end the film how he wanted to end it it's so. still a beautiful film the blue eyes um were done well the fremen suits you can tell that they actually almost adopted the exact same but desert suits over uh because the look is almost, like they they've changed it obviously but the nose uh connection and all of that just looks really close so i i think as an honor to david lynch denny Villeneuve, being my age probably went i should probably throw a little respect to the original filmmaker and, and a legend in film as well so I'm, I'm almost convinced that it would be hard not to at least visit that source material uh, on some level i'm curious how they get blue eyes though because in one of his visions all in his mother has blue eyes so they become like full fremen somehow and i wonder how they get blue eyes i'm curious i will say nothing because i do know the answer to that um so yes and i honestly feel like i find i i feel like the the visions are part of part two <laughs> i feel like they've already filmed some stuff for part two sure sure um, i agree costume design was set design on this movie was off the costume design it, this movie got has got to win some awards. Like, like it just needs to. Because they had like they had like deep colors. Like they had like like uh when they were walking through the desert, 
obviously Peter is is the same Peter Paul. I don't know his name. Paul Atreides. Uh, Peter Paul? was in Hereditary. <laughs> okay. Thank you. I'm like it's too many people and white boys. Too like, many biblical names. What are we um, doing here? What's going on? Um, he had on all black, which is very similar to uh, Kyle Malachlan's uh, character. Had on the all black, but then his like the little cape thingy was like a lighter black. You know, he's like more, more like a dark gray. So that kind of like bounced off. Like his mother had on like a darker, like like a like a darker brown, but then her her cape was like uh, light. And I was just like, this is like the, the color schemes, how they dress, how they cover their faces, all that stuff was like very to me very aesthetically pleasing Mm -hmm. you know like to me no outfit was off kilter um i just i just i I enjoyed the i enjoyed the costume because to me when when you put on the costume you kind of become the character and you're like in that world and i love that i agree there was there was one audio part and one visual part that pulled me out for a moment the audio part when they were talking about the to the team that was going to attack uh, arrakis um the guy's voice that like amplifier really bugged the crap out of me. It wasn't the throat singing in the background. Uh, it was his voice. And it's something about the digitization of that, that they did that just didn't sit right with my brain could just be me. Uh, and then there's the moment where Paul is in the vision and he, his visor comes up and you see him with the blue eyes and yeah, you can see that that's 100% a digital helmet on his face. And oh my God, yeah. It bothered oh, me a little bit. I'm bad. like, come on, Denny, dude. Yeah. Like, I love a lot of stuff you do, and most of your visuals are so on point, but somebody just had to hurry that one through somehow. I don't know. Maybe it needed to go out for the preview. Yeah. Um, so those are the only two like complaints. I'm not trying to like pick apart the movie because it's hard to, but uh, those two things did stick out to me. Um, but they're subtle and little. They, they don't matter. Um, yeah, no, this, this, I'm ready for part two. That's all I can say is I haven't felt like I heard Strong Hat Goofy was like, dude, I haven't been this excited since lord of the rings now full disclosure i can't stand the lord of the rings or the hobbit i think it's all very contrived and boring (laughs) and slow and really honestly you 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 can't get me to watch them there'll be an automatic veto anyway um (laughs) i don't like them and i respect lord of the rings fans they're some of the nicest fans in the world every time i tell lord of the rings fans i don't like lord of the rings they're like oh that sucks. And then they talk to me about it if I want to, or whatever else. If it was Star Wars, yeah. that would be very different, um, or Marvel for that matter, um, or vampires. I don't know if you guys saw that happen this last week. Uh, do you guys know McNerd? Yeah. McNerd answered one of my questions about being a vampire, and the vampire community on TikTok went for the throat, literally. <laughs> yeah. I'll show yeah. you the video later, Marvel Lady. It was great. Um, any yeah, final? I, I, I like the uh, I like the theory that went out on TikTok not too long ago about mirrors. That was, uh, you know, why mirrors would not work on vampires. Um, oh yeah, I remember seeing. Now, like that was I, I I thought that was pretty cool. In fact, I, it became a table discussion at um, at dinner tonight. Nice. Um, and uh, my mom, who like used to watch like horror films way back when, she's like, "Oh, that makes perfect sense." So. You know who we didn't mention? Yeah. In this film, so, there was so, a person we didn't mention at all. Dave Batista? Yeah, we didn't even talk about him. He'll, part two. Yeah, because his part is so yeah. little in this. He had, what, two lines? Yeah. I think maybe three, and then like yeah. he showed up a couple times. Um, can, can, we, can we stop for a second and pay respect for the fact that, and I know we already talked about this, so we don't have to go any deeper, but uh, the director bashed on Marvel, but you had Zendaya, Zendaya, um, mm-hmm. You had Oscar fair. Isaac, who's going to be Moon Knight. You've got That's Dave Batista in this film. 
You've got, they mean, they literally don't have a choice. They've collected all the actors. They these are now studio actors. You know, in a way. Anyway. Um, yeah, but it was just like it was. So yeah, funny. he was Drax. Justin just enough just corrected you strangely. Uh, you didn't say Drax. That's weird. Oh, I hadn't gotten there. Oh, I thought you did say Drax. Doesn't no, matter. He didn't. Need... We need, no, I had, we need some... Oscar Isaac. As an no, Oscar no, Isaac Zendaya, I said um, uh, Josh Brolin. I hadn't gotten to Batista. Justin, you had to it. <laughs> okay, so we got a minute before we're technically supposed to be done, but we started five minutes late. So why don't we spend this next couple minutes just giving our uh, review and and whether we think the next film will be better or worse than this one. I like the idea of kind of predicting since we have that ability to come back and see what we said. Um, we did Lala first last time. So now we're going to go Mrs. Marvelite. No, I think it's you. No, because I did the very first one when I gave my five in the beginning. So I'm, I'm counting that as one. I feel like I gave a little. Okay. If not, okay. then Lala, please go ahead. What's your review of okay. Dune? Um. Overall, um, I don't think it was a bad film. I'll, I can give this film a solid eight because I did enjoy it. I didn't like... Um, I didn't think it... I don't think it was a bad film, but for me, it's just... It just seemed like a lot. And I'm not saying it didn't give me a lot, but it, it just seemed like a lot. And like maybe I need to watch it again because I actually just watched it today. So like it's not like I watched it multiple times and like let some stuff sink through, um, but I do give this an eight. I probably will watch it again just to get like another look at it. I know for a fact that there's going to be two more Dune movies. I already know. You can count. Me, you can call me on it now. I'm saying it right now in this episode that there's going to be two more Dune movies because I just feel like a lot of like Zendaya was in this movie, but she was barely in it. She was pretty much in like Vision as opposed to actually being there. So mm -hmm. I know she's going to have a bigger role in the second one. I know there's more to unpack with these characters. Um, Dave Bautista's character, the fact that that's his uncle, he has a weird loyalty to his uncle. Um, I mean, obviously, but he has a weird loyalty that I'm pretty sure we're going to see that pay off somewhere in the second one. So it's just, I just, uh, and again, all those visions, let me you know that there's going to be more. And But I enjoyed it. I enjoyed this film. Like I said, I gave it an eight. I think my younger self would have been like, oh, I don't care. It probably would have gave it a six. <laughs> you know? Okay, eight, six. Uh, Mr. Marley. So, um, a long time ago, I really tried to get into the, this, this, this series, the uh, story, because I know it's like a quintessential sci-fi um, story. I mean, the, a lot of things are based off of Dune. Um the 80s movie kind of just did, didn't do anything for me. I I struggled with that as a young person. Um, I'm an 80s kid, so you know, millennial here. But um, and so it always turned me off. And and it was it's it was very similar for me, like um, um, the the Ender series with Ender's Game. Um, I was forced by someone to read Ender's Game, and then got hooked and just absorbed everything. And then I hated the movie. This is the first time where I'm I'm in a I'm in this film and I'm I'm watching, you know, something that I I knew I had not previously appreciated, knowing that there's so much like information behind, and I I kind of feel like I wish I would have had that background like I did with Lord of the Rings, where I could go in there like oh yeah this, 
but at the same time, I'm 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 kind of toy I'm I'm torn right now. I kind of want to go into this this movie or this trilogy blind and be excited because this is how I'm seeing it, and then go dive into the material. Um, because honestly, I love this film. I I love the 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 characters. I as as straight as some of the characters tried to play, like with their facial features, um, there was so many like telling responses by their reactions to things that weren't even verbal that when you go back and you look at like what, what's, what's going on with, um, with these characters, like there's so, there's so much in the, in the idea of the politics that it really made me just want to go back and really get into it. Um, and so I, I'm going to say this is, I, I'd, I'd hate to give it a 10 and then it never, you know, get a good for it, like a good, like, completion mm-hmm. uh, later on but um i'm gonna say at least a 9.5 and um i'm hoping I know, that right? as the end of the series with if this series is done you know really well it, it can easily be a 10 for me so sweet i like it okay what about kid self you didn't say oh kid self oh, um I would have struggled would to get into this, but after watching it, I probably would have given this like a uh, eight or a nine as well, because this is the kind of thing I liked. I, I, I like these big world stories, and um, I just uh, I struggled with the original Dune, but this one, it, it, all of the previous stuff that I ever attempted to try to do pales in comparison. So that's fair uh, for myself. Um, I already mentioned that there were two flaws that I noticed, um, which is fine because i actually believe a movie can be a 10 with flaws i don't think that that stops a movie um for that reason i do want to call this a 10 i I was so enamored i'm so ready to watch again i'm I'm actually ready to watch it a third time and i haven't watched it a second time that's how excited i am about this film and it's ridiculous because i haven't been so excited about a film probably since the mcu started so world building big you know knowing where it might go um and I've been looking and waiting for a big epic story to sink my teeth into. So this is uh, nice, and it's from one of my favorite directors. Um, so this is this is good. I'm I'm totally excited. So ten out of ten. Kid me. Oh, Psychopunk! Thank you for showing up. I know that you uh, can't always, but thank you for subscribing for eight months as well. We've got two eight month subscribers. Just Jesse as well as Psychopunk. You guys are both so amazing. Thank you so much. Um, we are just about to finalize here. I'm giving my rating, and then we're gonna raid. Um, I'm not sure who we're rating tonight, but we're going to rate somebody because it's fun. Um, anyway, uh, Kid Self probably would um, also rate this a 10, although, yeah, no, I would have rated it a 10 because it's got about the same pacing that the original Star Wars films did where it was that pace, but that's the pace I grew up on. So it wouldn't have bothered me. Um, the world building, the betrayal, the betrayal alone sucked me into this movie. I really love Leto and yet, <clears throat> anyway. Uh, so because you love him, you, you don't want this to happen to him. Uh, everything else we mentioned, I don't really want to go back over too much because we covered a lot about the sets and the the costumes and, and just how amazing all of it is. Um, somebody should invent one of those suits, except I don't really want to drink my own pee, but it would definitely make desert life a little easier. Um, yeah, I know. I watch Waterworld. I watch him pee into that thing and filter it. I'm not. Yeah, but that, that you had to pee into a Mr. Coffee and get Taster's Choice. <laughs> oh, come on. That's that was bad. Okay, so um, I think we did uh, raid Darth Cadus last time, um, but he's awesome. And so, um, being that I don't see anybody else on, I'm going to do it again. 
Do you guys have anything else you want to add to uh, this episode of the real study? Um, just for, um, for, for um, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I just said, um, go ahead. Okay. Okay. Um, so for those of you, and I, if you're not on discord, please be on the discord. We will try to like post like what we're going to be watching. That way you guys can kind of be in the discussion with us. Mm -hmm. Um, if you haven't seen these films and you want to see these films, just be advised, uh, the conjuring is available on HBO max, as well as a lot of the other conjuring, um, series. Um, mm -hmm. Dune is also at HBO max for a short period of time. At some point it will go off and then it'll wait till it gets back on uh, distribution for video. So please make sure you can watch that. If you've got that there, and um, probably the cheapest place to watch Hereditary um, is on Amazon Prime. It's a uh, rental right now for like a dollar ninety nine. Nice. Um, I think so, it's like three bucks so, on Vudu, so it, it it's yeah, pretty so, cheap everywhere. But that's an SD version, yeah. by the way, not an HD version. I'm almost certain. Right. But this movie, I would say, all of these, all three of these films should be watched in high def. I think. Um, I think if a movie was made in high def, it should be watched in high def. If it was made in SD. It's really up to you. That's my call. Anything else, Lala, you want to add? Um, I would like to say, don't forget to um, follow each and every one of us on uh, Twitch, on uh, TikTok, on all the social medias. We're all in there. Um, as well as all the movie things, he's on TikTok. Um, he's not on Twitch, but follow him on TikTok. Um, and just support us. You know, we support those who support us. And um, thanks, as always, for joining us and listening to us rant about films, because that's what we love to do. So, yeah. Perfectly Thank said. You. you guys have a great night.